Chapter 13 E.T. Phone Home When I found that sentence in Cassie's book of human quotes, it surprised me. To be honest, it almost scared me. It was as if it were written just for me. I thought, maybe, somehow, my human friends had discovered my plan and written it there. From the Earth Diary of Aksimile Asgeruth Isthal The sun was just coming up over planet Earth. I performed the morning ritual, as I always did, but I was especially impatient this morning. I knew Tobias was hunting a morning meal, and would be back as soon as he had finished eating some unfortunate mouse or shrew. Freedom is my only cause. Duty to the people, my only guide. Obedience to my prince, my only glory. When Tobias returned from the hunt, we would go. He would lead me to the observatory, to the great radio telescope. And, with luck, I would be able to call my home. I, Aksimili Esgeruth Istil, and a light warrior, offer my life. With my stock eyes, I saw a hawk swoop low overhead. Tobias rested on a branch. He focused his fierce hawk's eyes on me. Are you done? Yes, the ritual is complete. Great, because it is a beautiful day for flying. Thermals like you wouldn't believe. And a sweet little ground breeze for easy takeoff. Tobias, you understand that you don't have to do this, I said. There may be danger. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Axe. Let's go already. I often go flying with Tobias. The bird morph I have is called a Northern Harrier. It is a type of hawk, about the same size as Tobias's red tail. Tobias's feathers are mostly brown and light tan, while the Harriers are mostly gray and white. I controlled my excitement and worry, and focused on making the change. The Harrier morph is always strange. For one thing, there is a great difference in size between an Andalite and a bird, even a large bird. The first sensation was one of falling, as I shrank rapidly. My stock eyes went blind, and wings grew out of my front legs, which was very awkward. It causes me to fall forward onto the ground, since I cannot stand on my hind legs alone. Besides, my hind legs were busy shriveling down into the tiny, yellow, scaly bird legs, and my tail was shrinking and splitting into dozens of long tail feathers. Harriers also have mouths, like humans. Only these mouths are useless for speech and have very little ability to taste. On the other hand, they are wonderful natural weapons. They are razor-sharp and curved down into a ripping, tearing beak. And the talons are excellent. I had long admired Tobias's use of his talons. He can swoop fast and low, just a few feet above the ground, and snatch up a mouse or small rabbit with those talons. As I watched, the blue and tan fur of my own body was replaced by silvery-gray feathers. The fur melted away to show the underlying flesh, and then the flesh became patterned with the millions of individual ribs of feathers. I was used to the mind of the harrier, so I had learned to control its instincts. Its instincts were more forceful than those in the brains of humans. I've been meaning to ask you, Axe, Tobias said, not to diss you or anything, but why is it that Cassie is better at morphing than you are? I mean, you're an Andalite, but you look just as creepy as Jake or Rachel when you do it. Cassie has talent, I said a little grumpily. Morphing does not happen to be my talent. Oh, you ready to fly? I checked. I opened my wings to their full three and a half foot spread. I flicked my tail feathers. I focused my laser-like hawk's eyes on a far distant tree and was able to see individual ants crawling up its trunk. I listened to the forest with the harrier's superior hearing. I could hear the insects beneath the pine needles. I could hear a squirrel chewing open a nut. I could hear Tobias's heart beating. 
I turned into the breeze and opened my wings. I flapped several times and lifted my legs clear of the ground. The breeze caught me, and I was off. Even with the breeze, I had to flap hard to get as high as the treetops. Tobias was already several dozen feet above me. But then, Tobias has had a great deal of practice. I swept just above the treetops, flapping and soaring. The sun was beating down on the treetops, and heat waves were rising. I caught the updraft and shot higher. I was two hundred feet up in just seconds. I could see Cassie's farm now. And as I circled to use the updraft for more altitude, I could see all the familiar landmarks. The homes of the others. The mall. The school. Stick with me, Tobias said. We'll follow the water's edge. The observatory is north along the coast. About an hour's flying time. We reached the ocean. There were cliffs along the shore, and here the real thermals rose up. A thermal is an updraft of heated air. Flying into one is like flying into an elevator or a drop shaft. The updraft catches your wings and lifts you up and up and up. It is a fantastic, giddy, wild feeling. I wheeled and turned to stay within the thermal, following Tobias higher and higher. We want to get above the goals, Tobias instructed. Sometimes seagulls get obnoxious. They'll swarm a hawk if they're in the wrong mood. It was exhilarating. We were thousands of feet above the ground. Down below, humans lay on the beach, wearing less clothing than usual. Clothing is a strange human habit. They must wear it all the time, except at the beach, when they may wear less. I don't understand this. The World Almanac had no explanation. Although I did know that the United States imported $36.7 billion worth of clothing. Keep an eye on that guy up there, Tobias said. Where? What? I asked, shaken out of my dreamy thoughts. A peregrine falcon. He's probably looking to pick off a few tasty seagulls, but he may decide we look more tender. He's small but fast. Mean, too. I decided to keep an eye on the falcon. Earth is a dangerous, wild place. At least, if you're a bird. I thought it must be terrible sometimes for Tobias. He lives in fear of things that no human would need to fear. He has lost his position at the top of the food chain of Earth. Hawks are predators, but they are also prey. Yet he seemed to have accepted his fate. Was it possible he even preferred being a hawk? Was that why he never asked me what I might know about him being an Othlet? Or did he think I would refuse to answer? Or worse yet, lie? Fortunately, the falcon ignored us, and we flew on, following the coastline. Soon we had left the city behind. The beaches were gone too. The coastline grew more rugged, with waves that crashed in explosions of foam against jagged broken rocks. A single road wound along the coast below us. There were cars on it, but few buildings. Then, in the distance, I saw a large, white structure. Actually, several structures. There was a tall building with a dome top, and arrayed around it, in various positions, were several large, white, flattened bowls. It took me several seconds to figure out their purpose. That's the radio telescope? I laughed. You're still using dish arrays? Won't they work for... for whatever it is you're doing? Tobias asked. Oh yes, they should work. If I can gain access to the computers, they should work very well. It's just that they're so primitive. I don't suppose you want to tell me what we're doing, huh? Doing? We're flying, I said. Very funny. Suddenly you have a sense of humor. Great. 